It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? We are here. We are here despite yes. whatever. The Life on Life's Terms podcast. Little flavor in your ear. Little the flavor. Things must go on. The show must go on. Yes. I'm Tom Robinson, a uh, grateful recovering addict. Uh, like I always say, we are not affiliated with any 12-step program, so they're not responsible for us. Yes, these are our opinions and our experience. Uh, my name is Chris Mandeville. I am a recovered heroin addict. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, where people are stuck at home, you know, they, they can utilize this. Um, we, we go live once a week, but you can go back through this group. And if you click on photos, we have at least 90 podcasts that Uh, you can watch. Yeah, on the video. I don't yeah, know. maybe maybe not that because we 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 didn't live stream right when we first started. Um, we have ninety seven uh, audio episodes available on Apple Podcasts. Yes, Play Store, uh, you can find Stricker, them all if you go uh, to lolterms.com. dot com. Please um, subscribe. You, yeah, you them. can subscribe right from our our website. Um, so we were going to do a discussion meeting. I put a post up about that earlier because. You know, reaching out to people and everyone's like, ah, maybe not this week. Um, and I understand, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, but if you're gonna, you're gonna make, you want to make God laugh. Tell yeah. him your plans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like like it says in the post, you know. Um, I guess yeah, yeah. this was supposed to happen. Um, yeah, man. So tonight we have uh, Chris Brooks and very grateful for you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bro. Thank you. They Tom got here before me and and met Chris in the the vestibule right at right at the recovery center and then i walked in and i was like i know i met you before yeah, yeah. and uh because i never forget faces names horrible but i don't forget faces and then we figured it out it was at the anchor out in uh hull i wish um, i didn't ever forget one category of things yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why it is man but once i meet somebody i'm like i know them you know if, if i see him again and That's we figured it out get, um usually get most of the guests yeah, yeah. he's uh <laughs> he's he's friends with uh a uh, uh, previous guest we had, Kurt, Kurt Gerald over at the Anchor. Shout out to shout Kurt. Out to shout Kurt. out to Kurt. Um, what up, Sean? <laughs> so uh, Chris is going to share his experience with us. And, you know, if you guys need to talk about something or want to know anything, feel free. Please chime in. Chime in. Um, we'll discuss it. Yeah. There's, there's lots of meetings. If you go onto the Zoom app, um, I think it's Zoom Cloud meeting. Uh, I know a bunch of South Shore groups that are... Um, putting meetings on at the regular times that the meetings were meeting. So, uh, if you follow any of these groups, there's there's lots. Of, everyone's coming together, and they are helping each other. Yeah, just like the way we're supposed to. What's up, David? That's um, right, be, my man out in San Francisco. San Fran. Be a uh, part of the community as be- as much as you can. You know, and, and David, are you stuck in the house like? Military style or what? Oh man, yeah, <laughs> Bunk it down. that's right, San Fran. San yeah, um, right now. hardcore. So <laughs> we, we're gonna have Chris share with us, and let, let's do it. Let's do All it. Right. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, certainly never uh, shared my experience, strength, and hope in this format. So just like right off the rip, my name is Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, a little um, strange. I'm not sure who I should be looking at, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> there's nobody to. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, someday we'll have booths where we, we, there'll be cameras on all of us, and you know we yeah, can all that, see each other. That's what we need in the producer. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll sit over there with a the mouse. When somebody starts talking, he clicks over to that person. Yeah, boom, boom, yeah. Boom, yeah. Boom. yeah, yeah. Like but that. you know, we're we're pretty amateur right now. Yeah, because yeah. we don't get paid nothing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, for free and for fun at yeah. the time at this free. moment. Yeah, you know that's kind of you know like they did in the beginning. Oh, he is. He is my boy, Dave. It is stuck in the house. Son of a... Well, at least you got us, David. Yeah, yeah. virtual world. I mean, and that's kind of like... I mean, I guess that's a good starting point. I mean, I just showed up here uh, tonight because we're putting together... We got this, yeah? Am yeah. I okay? Oh. Came loose on you. Word. Yeah. Um, so I just showed up here tonight um, because we were. We were putting together uh, a makeshift meeting, and that's how we're connecting right now. 
um, is, is virtually, virtually uh, yeah, man. as best we can, and we're certainly kind of on a limited basis. So they didn't have this shit during the Spanish flu. No, yeah. they did not. <laughs> right. You know what's amazing? I was talking to my sponsor about this yesterday, um, or actually this morning, because um, um, anyhow. So we were talking. I was talking. I was thinking about you know the first one hundred and how they wrote the book, and then they sent this book out. You know, yeah. um, to reach out to those alcoholics who they knew were all over the country and really all over the world with no idea of how this thing would spread. And yeah. so in a very similar fashion, here we are now like, right. sort of quarantine and like, the, how do we spread this message? A, a certain <laughs> yeah. a certain book that that a lot of people use. That shit was mailed to you. Yeah, exactly. It was mailed yeah. to you. Yeah. Right. Sent in the mail yeah. here. This is what we did. Yeah. Right. And the stories are in the back. Because this wasn't going on. No, it wasn't. There wasn't yeah. podiums. There wasn't halls. None of that. You know? Yeah. And, oh, you're going to Toledo next week? Here, this dude called. Go check this guy check out. Check this guy out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and now here we are. Here we are. Here we yeah. are. It's a beautiful thing, man. What, how many years later? 80-something. 80 80 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so just kind of a quick rundown of my story. Um, yeah, I grew up, um, I was born in Cambridge, but uh, quickly ended up uh, in the foster care system. Um, so I was traveling nomadically. I mean, I lived in, uh, Colorado for a few years when I was a kid and, um, now, now wow. foster care, was that due? What, what my father was an alcoholic. Okay. So he, that's, that's he what I was trying ship. to establish. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He jumped ship pretty early. In fact, my last memory of him, uh, and I've seen about half a dozen times in 40 years, but my last memory was him jumping out of a car going 40 miles an hour. Like, all right, see you later, dad. <laughs> so wow. That was it. Yeah. That was it. No. And, like, uh, talk about the jumping off point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm actually, I'm writing a book right now. It's like a four step on steroids. Basically. It's an really? autobiography. Oh, yeah. You're cranked, Chris. Yeah. That's what's going yeah, on. Yeah. I'm so. getting it in, you know? And you so, just, uh, um, Oh, my cranked. Oh, no, you're he's okay. Right. He's cranked. Oh, so um, it just fuzzed out there. And I wrote about in writing about him. I just said, you know, it's kind of like one of those old westerns where, you know, the cowboy rides off into the sunset minus the horse and nostalgia. You know, yeah, I mean, he just yeah, jumped yeah. out of the car and that was it. I never saw him again until uh, nearly thirty years later. Wow, that wow. is something else. Huh? Yeah, it's unique. Yeah, and, and you know, I lived with a lot of um, just sadness, and yeah, which later you know, turned into anger as I got older because he right. just really never gave, uh, made any effort to be a part of my life. Yeah, um, resentment, you know what I mean? Oh, big time, big yeah. time. And um, so I went through, you know, the foster care system. I was in over 50 homes in a 10-year span. Wow. Wow. Um, a a lot of, sucky. yeah, yeah. It, um, I kind of got conditioned to it, you know. It became the norm. Yeah, it's like it's like being institutionalized. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. And um, all, at the same time, too, it really, what I tell people is it sort of diversified my social portfolio. Uh, okay. I mean, I, a number of times I was the minority in an environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I learned a lot about different <laughs> cultures and um, demographics and so forth. Yeah, I went that through, is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I went through uh, quite a bit of trauma in that, too. I was molested several times by oh, really? uh, yeah. foster parents and, and so forth, people in authority. So a lot of abandonment and yeah, abuse and issues. Wow. And, you know, it, it, it talks about underlying causes and conditions. Yep. And, and we um, talk a lot, re- you know, recently about um, traumas. Yeah. And, you know, how they can lead us to our addiction. Mm-hmm. Yet, when we recover, if we don't address them, we can end up going back. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's major trauma. I'm sure you've addressed. I'm sure you've 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 addressed quite a bit of it. I, I assume. I have the. I did a very thorough um, four step. I would say about early two thousands. Um, so about fifteen or so years ago, and that's where I really kind of just took all of that childhood stuff and um particularly my father i mean he was the top of the list um but though that trauma that abandonment that abuse that neglect um it developed a lot of core beliefs within me you know these defense mechanisms that i utilized yeah yeah you know throughout my childhood adolescence and then even up until into adulthood you know what kind of identity did you create for yourself I would say I was just, I was like a chameleon, you know? I mean, I was very, okay. I adapted to my environment as quickly yeah. as possible. 
um, and fit in. You know, I I wasn't, uh, you know, in the book that I've written, I've talked about, like, I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't cliquish. I wasn't part of the jocks, the nerds, the class clowns. I, I, I was a part of every group. That I and sort of at the same time a loner, you know. I really just didn't attach or associate myself to any particular yeah. group. Um, you, you could fit in, but didn't want to connect. To not anybody. at all. Yeah. yeah, no, I was very, um, I wasn't approachable, you know. And I and I put forth this sort of facade and bravado that that let people know, like, hey, don't mess with me, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, being as you know sociable and you know interactive and things like that, um, and so. Really early on, when I was 14, I actually moved back to my mother's house, and it was really by my own volition. Um, DSS part, basically, which is like CPS now or whatever it is, they really weren't a part of my life at that point. I was finding homes on my own. (laughs) I lived with a a baseball coach and his wife for the summer, and then I ended up... um, How old were you? At this, I was about... uh, When I lived with the baseball coach, I was about 12, 11 or 12. I had made the all-star team, and the only way I could play that summer is if I was still living in the area. So yeah, he said, hey, you know, why don't you come stay with me and my wife? Wow, and cool. um, through that summer, one of my uh, really good friends at the time, who's oddly enough had a name, mine's Chris Brooks, his was Chris Easterbrooks, which was, I don't know, just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. and, um, anyhow, What's up, YouTube? Sorry, we had a little YouTube? technical difficulties. <clears throat> so We're on now. Anyhow, his mother ended up taking me into her home, and they lived uh, up in Marblehead. Uh, so I went from living in Lynn just prior to that. It was kind of during a pretty rough period when, like, Blood and Crip wave was coming from the west to the east coast. And oh, NWA Lynn. had just Did dropped just straight say- out of Compton. I mean, it was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just a scared... Yeah, Lynn, yeah, Lynn, yeah. City of Sin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was really just a scared little kid. So then when I got into Marblehead, I was like, whoa, this is like a completely different environment, you know? Yeah. And, um... <laughs> Rabbi Jenny. What's up, she, Rabbi? She's, um... She does a, uh, uh, it's called Ahavatar, where you, you do a lot of healing. And I did a ceremony with her a couple of weeks ago. Um, and during during her training, you come up with a superhero for yourself. Okay. You, you never talk bad about yourself. It's always good. Yeah, yeah. Every, everything's good. So she called you the compassionate chameleon. Yeah. I but, like that. That fits but yeah, well. She's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. She's, she's also yeah. doing a, uh, compassionate word. a men's like treatment that. center out in Arizona, with which... Yeah. Looks awesome. Um, she's actually going Rabbi to be doing. Jenny. Yeah, shout out to Rabbi Jenny. She's actually going to be doing a service tomorrow night at seven o'clock. So if you're friends with Rabbi Jenny, check it out. And if not, online become service. friends. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. She said, "Sounds like another superhero to me, the compassionate chameleon." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, that's what all these experiences really developed and created for me is compassion. Mm. You know, mm, for people good, for people in the margins, you know, for right. people who have gone through that sort of abuse, that sort of neglect, you know, being ostracized, being oppressed, all that stuff. I'm very and, passionate and, about those things. And that, like, shows what recovery can do because the shit that people have done, like, you would have every right to be a dick to everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and but I did that for a little while. <laughs> and, 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 you know, with with a right to, to be that way. Yeah. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. There's really very little argument. Um, against compassion, though. I mean, to yeah. call, call, calling it a negative thing, like, you can't really do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, no. that's what we need everywhere. More people. Yes. More compassion. And, yeah. like, I know that everything that's going on is really tough, but if you look and, and, and step back and look at the bigger picture, more people are coming together and lines that were there before are no longer there. Yeah. Um, other example, than people with fucking toilet paper. Trying to sell it. I, I shared a post earlier. It's it's uh, the toilet paper math. Go if you go on my page and check it out. It's a video of a father yeah. breaking it down. Uh huh. It's hilarious. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it's so true. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, yeah, that's about right. He's yeah. like, 20 sheets per shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just check it out. It's hilarious. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, <clears throat> so um, I lived with them in Marblehead for a couple of years, basically until just prior to uh, high school, uh, before the um, uh, my eighth grade year of middle school ended, I had taken a... Uh, test at St. John's in Danvers, mm-hmm. uh, aptitude test, and I got accepted there. But I was like, ah, there's no, there's no chicks there. I'm definitely not going there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I ended up uh, enrolling at Bishop Fenwick, and then in Peabody. And simultaneous to that, um, 
my what would be my foster mother, although it was, as I said, my friend's mother. Um, she just flat out was just said to me because um, I started talking about my mother. She said, oh, she can come see you anytime you want. You want to hang out with her whatever. And so we had been doing that. And um, my mother lived in Lynn. And um, so, short, you know, I'd been there a couple of years and just before the high school, really before the my middle school year ended, I ended up just moving into my mother's house. And um, mm. and um, and DSS had no idea. Um, the, the end of the school year was wrapping up. And um, so we went on from there short. So that Christmas, uh, my mother and her boyfriend brought bought my myself and my two siblings, 40 ounces of Sainides. And this is my mm. first introduction to alcohol. At what age? At 14. Yeah. Perfect. And I might have been, yeah, I was 14. And so, um, no, 13. And so uh, I remember very spe- vividly and specifically, I drank my 40 and I wanted both my brother's 40s. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And sense. within a very short period of time, by my sophomore year of high school, I was selling weed and... Um, you know, and I was the guy because I lived in Lynn, so yeah. I was the one. I'd go down the street, get the liquor, I could get the weed, and so everybody was coming to me for those things. And um, I went to my first treatment center when I was 14 years old. So I went wow. up to, wow. I went up to um, somewhere in Maine or Hampshire. This is like back in you know mid 90s when they were really focusing on treatment. Yep. Yep. And so like you had all these posh places that were like kind of similar to what's coming back to now. Yes, um, it was like <laughs> coming a hotel, full circle. You know, I mean, I was just, I mean, they had sauna catered like you know, five-star chefs doing the food. However, there were people coming up carrying the message commitments were coming in. Mm-hmm. And so these people who came in started talking about the disease model, you know, and how yeah. I was, you know, had this, this allergy, right? Right. And as when they were talking about it, I realized, I mean, I mean, basically I was like, oh, shit, uh, I got this thing. Because I knew, oh, from yeah? That, yeah, I knew from and that this experience. Is at, this is at 14? Yeah, had, this is at 14. You had I mean, enough wisdom at that point. Yeah, I just, I just identified there was no denying the fact that through that short-term experience, even within that year, you know, not just those, you know, the, that I wanted my brother's Sainides, but every time I drank after, I had no control, you know. There right. was, there was yeah. no, there, for me, there was no progression, you know. Some people go through this progression. They talk about these four kind of stages of progression. That just wasn't the case for me. It was right, yeah. right from the get. Right. And so I turned Zero it. Zero to 100 yeah. real quick. Yeah, just alcoholic from the get. And so... Mm. Um, I tur- I became and then when I returned uh, back to school I couldn't go back to Fenwick. Uh, they I ended up going. I wanted to stay out of Lynn schools. I was real scared. There was a lot of gang activity going on at the time. I lived mm. parallel yeah. to one of the on a street parallel to one of the biggest gangs in Lynn at the time. So I was just I was really scared. Um, I ended up associating with certain people that I knew just for protection and things like that. Um, mm. I ended up going to Marblehead High School. I would take the bus. Um, to avoid going to English and classical because, I mean, there was stuff going on. And, I mean, people were, you know, there was fights all the time. People yeah, getting right. stabbed and robbed and all that. So, um, yeah. But the thing for me, I, and I also started going to meetings really young. Uh, my Marblehead High School, my counselor would let me go to a meeting at noontime. Like, really? Yeah, during the school day. Like, I'd be going down. By wow, the, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and so that's I got great. exposed to that very early on. I mean, I, I tell a lot of people that I kind of grew up in that, and um, yeah. But uh, but consequently, every time I drank, I realized like, oh, I can't do this. You know, I had mm. that head full of AA and belly full of booze type of thing. Yeah, you know. And like, how long did that go on for? My entire drinking career. Oh, yeah. So when people talk about, oh, I had fun with it. I I just knew the truth of who I was. So yeah, so you, your your drinking and drug was ruined at fourteen. It was just ruined. It started and was ruined. Yeah, there was so. no like, oh, I'm just young trying to figure this thing out. And this is what people know. Yeah, it was. Just I, I knew the truth. Uh, I knew the truth. Yeah. Woof. So um, anyhow, I ended up in a bunch of trouble with the law by before my junior year ended. So by when senior year rolled around, I was on probation already. So I just got my GED and that mm. was and was off to the workforce. Um, anyhow, I had a pretty powerful. Uh, experience of faith uh, a few years after that uh, I went to Salvation Army just get the kind of get the heat off my ass um, mm. you know probation was on my ass I went to Salvation I didn't even know what it was it was like right. I, I thought it was a branch of the military right. <laughs> so Salvation well, Army <laughs> yeah I, I really had, did yeah. I, had, I no had no I had no clue like before I got sober like these dudes are telling me yeah I'm in the Salvation Army and I'm selling them heroin yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. that's how clueless I was yeah you know I yeah. didn't I thought the same thing, like, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. I went to the Sally in uh, 
Sarasota, Florida. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went Good to one times. in Texas. I remember as well. it. Yeah, in Texas. Yeah, I've been. One, I lived in Texas for about ten years. So Did, was it a homeless shelter too? Or? No, they, no, it was like an ARC, like the ones they have in Saugus here. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Yeah. Mine was a mine was a, a homeless shelter. Had three homeless or two homeless dorms, and then one of the dorms oh, was dedicated to the program. It's Kurt. Kurt just cut. Kurt Zell, what's what up, player? What's up, Sean? What up, Kurt? That's my man right there. I love you, bro. Love you. Um, yeah, that's like be similar to the one they have in Cambridge. Is like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this this was a ARC, and um, now the important thing is is through that. So I had been seven years in Alcoholics Anonymous at this point, and I was developing a. My, that concept of God I had was being smashed. I'd never been part of a church, never read a Bible, none of that stuff. My mm-hmm. nana took me to church like a couple of times, but I saw yeah. like Jesus beaten and bloody on the cross, and I was like, and then the priest definitely tell, told me I was definitely going to hell. I was like, well, I think I'm all set with this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to the Sally, uh, that was, uh, and then on uh, April 19th, 1999, uh, was Good Friday. I'd only been there about four days, and I just had a very personal and powerful encounter with jesus and that's and that's Incredible. just all there is to it you know awesome i mean there's a lot of details to that but um anyhow and shortly thereafter i ended up down in Texas. i maintained the longest period of sobriety i had had at that point as well uh and then i went down to texas for about 10 years you know got just kind of immersed in the bible belt and did a lot of um aa stuff and cool. um came back in Strong and now AA in texas oh yeah yeah, and it's a lot different too. So up here, you know, you got like the we, drink we, iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So up here, where whereas we meet in like church basements, down there they lease buildings. Oh no kidding! Yeah, so interesting. You, every meeting is like that, and so you know yeah. that whatever building they are leasing or space they are leasing typically has like a phone. There's somebody there throughout the course of the day. Wow, people be playing cards. You know, How a lot of fellowship going on. That's wild. Yeah, it'd be like uh, the 24 hour club in Malden if you're familiar right. with that. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's kind know. of the standard, you know, yeah. um, wow. of of Texas AA, and. Um, but alongside that, you know, I was learning a lot about, you know, my faith and God and things like that. Just, mm. I mean, it was commonplace. Very cool. Even in the work environment, you know, be like start talking about the Bible with somebody, you know, which is like that would be just unheard of up here, you know. Right. So I came back down here. And throughout that time, yeah. I was putting time together. But I, the important thing for me is, you know, like the literature talks about the idea that, you know, the great obsession of every abnormal drinker is that somehow, someday, I'll be able to beat the game. Yeah, drink like normal men. Drink like a normal man, right? And so I always had that reservation. So I would have, like... I can't even eat cookies like a normal man. (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. Get it in. If two are good, four is even better. Four is even better, bro. After you finish the four, you're sitting on the couch like, there's cookies, there's more in there. <laughs> I'm all about it. Um, so I had that reservation that I remember one time while I was in Texas. I so I might put together you know six months or something like that and relapse. I was just a chronic relapse. I had more sobriety than act because my my self destruct was quick. You know, yeah, yeah. I start drinking and I lose the job. I lose the car. You okay. know, I end up in jail. I mean, that's you don't just, lose any of that shit, man. You know exactly where it is. You just give it up. Give it up. <laughs> just, uh, we don't lose it. We know where it's at. The great eraser. You know, and we, you know, it's funny about that. I was in a meeting uh, uh, probably a couple months ago, and this woman was sharing, and she said, you know, I lost my car. It was part of what she was sharing. And then she said, I don't, I, I still don't know where it is. And this was several months or a year later. And everybody in the room busts out laughing, like, because she doesn't know where her car is. Like, if you said that in a normal environment. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so, so Kurt said to say he, he met with Dennis, and Dennis says to say hi. Oh, hey, yeah. What's up, Dennis? Love y'all. I won't be able to join y'all because they they're doing like virtual meetings for the church and all that stuff too. Yeah. So it's been mm. it's beautiful, man. It's really wonderful how we have this, right? right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, it really is. What what would we do? Yeah, uh, what no, would we do? Yeah, Isolate. you know, she. I've been blessed, I've been, grateful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been using it with intentionality too. Like so, throughout the day, I've just been specifically like reaching out to certain people, or mm. you know, just kind of doing oh, my thing cool. in social media, just to let people know, hey, what's up? Thinking about yeah, you. We, we, it gets us out of self. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. One more thing. Yeah. To get us out of self. Yeah. Like our we we get consumed in our phones, and now it's like, and it's almost like, <clears throat> is this shit happening for a reason? For a bigger purpose? It always you is. Know? Yeah, yeah, it's always a bigger purpose. Yeah. I don't know the plan. Yeah. But. But Collectively, I know, yeah, I know there was no hesitation in me when you were like, "Are we still going to do this?" I was like, "Absolutely, yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, I, I haven't been able to get to any meetings, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, and even like tonight, like we, we just put my, my sponsor is actually going to be doing stuff at his house as well. You know, like small gatherings and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are doing that, you know. just Yeah, just have the questionnaire on the door, like here. Yeah, yeah. Have you traveled outside of the country? Have you had a fever <laughs> over 101.3? Blah, blah, blah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's funny because I'm driving Sanitizer as you come in. Yeah, I'm stuff. driving yeah. here and, and Tom's like, oh, I got us a guest. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask him, has he flown in the last two weeks? <laughs> has he been out of the country? Yeah, has yeah. he been in yeah. close contact with anyone who has been diagnosed? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not... I'm not saying I'm living in fear, but I want to be cautious. I'm not either. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, there's like a there's like a balance, and it's been difficult for me just yeah. because uh, I'm somebody, and I I say this without reservation. I've never been sick in my life. I mean, I've never even had the common cold or flu, or anything. I'm just really blessed and fortunate to have mm-hmm. uh, you know strong immunity and immune system. So you know, it was weird when I was r- ripping and running, shooting dope, never got sick. Yeah. Yeah. No. Strange. If you if you got sick, you just did something else and it went right away. That might, maybe maybe that was it, but it, yeah. or it just didn't like the the environment that I was creating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what it was. But yeah. Strange. So I I just been really fortunate with that. So it's been hard for me though because as I'm sharing about you know the own my life and now I've never been sick. Like I still need to be compassionate towards others. Right. Right. Yep. Right. And recognize that there are people who are more susceptible to this. I mean, I have a mother who's older. Her, her boyfriend got really sick. So, you know, it's like uh, certainly people, you know, within the church and stuff like that. And, where, and who's to know, who's to say that you, you aren't, you couldn't carry something? Right. We can. You st- know? I can still be a carrier. Yeah. You know, my yeah, body was, can fight it off all day I was, long. I was saying but, this earlier. Like, there's people running around that have this that are showing no symptoms. That have no idea. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. you know, say you come home to someone who's compromised, um, you know, medically, like, you know, well, you got to think about thing, others. You don't, you don't even need to be medically compromised to have a really rough no, time, a no, really hard time. Not at all. Yeah. Medically compromised people are more likely to die. Right. But you're, my, you're you know, not guaranteed, but you're, uh, it's a good chance you're going to go through some hell if, you, yeah. if you're experiencing these symptoms that they're talking about. I mean, pneumonia-like pneumonia. And, 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 but there's been a lot of good stuff that I've seen lately as well. So Yeah, there has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um, during that time in Texas, I remember I had a conversation with my mother, and she said, um, you've never done anything for a year. She sort of challenged me. And so in spite, uh, in, to spite her, I stayed sober for a year. And then I think legit, like, the day after my year anniversary, I got drunk. Oh, <laughs> right? really? Yeah. And I was just to say, well, like, told you yeah, so. Told you. Told you I could do it. <laughs> And yeah, I came back to Boston t- in uh, 2008. I met this uh, amazing woman at the place I was working at. And uh, a couple of years later, my uh, daughter, Isabella, was born. She's um, uh, nine years old. She's about to be 10. And I was going to this. My sponsor brought me to this. I remember I flew in and I was like, yeah, well, I got this sober house in Roxbury. And um, I was like, what, bro? I ain't going to Roxbury. And he's like, no, no, it's a real nice house, real nice neighborhood. And um, he picked me up from the airport. I dropped something off at my mother's house, and we rolled into Roxbury, into Dudley Square. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, bro, yeah, I thought yeah. you said this place was nice, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And not that I'm, you know, I've been in some rough hoods, like not only Lynn, but in Fort Worth and all that. So it wasn't like, I mean, I wasn't, you know, scared or shook or nothing like that. Yeah. But I was like thinking like, oh, this is going to be nice, you know, like, you know. Anyhow. Shortly thereafter, my daughter's mother became pregnant. She came over. I didn't even, I think I had about a month's sobriety. And I was in this house, 50 guys, like, doing the hustle. You know, maybe four Mm. or five of us really wanted sobriety. And as soon as I found out she was pregnant, tunnel vision, you know. In what direction? In sobriety. Like, get this life together, you know. That's awesome. Like, Mm. let's do the right thing. And um, I mean, opportunity all around me to you know go this direction or that direction but oh, i was yeah. just i just had a one-track mind so was this one house or was it like in a lot a lot of it was like a houses? condo it had yeah yeah it had like i think yeah. i might i think might you know. might know that house yeah i think yeah. i might know where you Dickie was might. we'll keep it anonymous yeah we'll, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> you might know about that house um mm-hmm. anyhow so you know as a result of that uh i had i i kept i had three years of sobriety now the, the thing that happened is that you know sort of the dust settled you know like, my daughter was approaching two years old, and I was kind of really questioning myself. It was the first time in my life that I had lived, and I had the same job for three years. You know, I mm-hmm. lived in the same house for three years. Yeah. Um, and I that was feels one, good, right? If, it felt good, but I was so unaccustomed to it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. And I was... What, what do we do? 
Yeah. We build shit up and we rip we it down. Break it down, build it up. That's that was right. how I lived my life. And yeah. that's 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 what happened to me when I when I when I was in the house with you in the program with you. This is years ago, and uh, I went out on a pass, and I literally decided like this ain't me. This isn't what I do. You know what I mean? And then I went and used, and that's when I relapsed. Yeah. So I was by myself, and I started the stinking thinking, and I started to I like I can't do this. Is my identity? I'm giving up my identity by staying sober. Yeah. And I think that's right. a that's a that's a block to some people. But that's the fucking lie you tell yourself. Yeah. yeah. You have to you have to believe uh, that there's something better over there. You know, mm. there's got to be something better on the other side. You don't have to get high. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 it sucks to get high. Yeah. You might think it feels good for now, but it sucks. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But but also like people forget that it it was our norm. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. You know, and to to like reprogram and, and and readjust to to real life. You know, it's it's not it's easy. very very difficult. Yeah, you know? and and, like, and people are like I don't know why I don't know why I did fucking untreated alcoholism. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. don't it ain't don't difficult. Wa- yeah, figuring out why it ain't, is it not, ain't difficult. Yeah, you fucked up. Right, get back, yeah. get back, back in. Horse. It, you know, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and there's a and there's well, a, not back on the horse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not right. that horse. Yeah, um, no, and that's the thing about it is that's this is what happened then, and this is what I practice now. But there's just a very simple formula to this whole thing. You know, Doctor Bob, you know, co-founders summed up the the, the twelve steps in, in six words. He said, "Trust God, clean house, help others." Mm-hmm. That's right. it. Yeah, it's real simple, right? Yep. And so. Towards my relapse at that time was totally premeditated. I mean, it was two or three months in the making. Yeah, you know, you last, start, I, last thing you do is physically. Yeah, pick that's up. right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there were to the degree. Uh, I mean, I, I was, um, you know, I just stopped going to this meeting or that meeting. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing the commitment, the prayer time, helping others. All that stuff starts to, you know, that complacency, resting on my laurels, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I got this lick, getting a little cocky. Before you know that, it starts to turn into delusional thinking, right? You know, because right. I'm not cured. I got a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And so yeah. there was a number of times that I would sit out in front of the liquor store after work for an hour sometimes thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. And then that might be a sign. Yeah. That was. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, well, here's the other thing. Nah, man, I just need a cigarette. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or the other thing, a soda. The other thing was the secrecy of it. I wasn't telling anyone. Yeah. You yeah. know? Oh, yeah. Like the shame of that. I'm yeah. good. Oh, I've been I, thinking I, about I a drink. You I know? don't got to talk about this. Right. Yeah. No, I'm good. Right. You, and you so. You remember um, what it was like to like finally live like on the up and up where you're not like ducking around into a bathroom and, and getting high. That's the way I was. Yeah. I would duck into a bathroom and get high, you know, because everybody in my life, I couldn't tell them I was getting high. So yeah. it was so nice to not have to hide that from people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just so freeing, like liberating. Yeah. You know, after you, after you, you know, put a few 24s together, yeah. you just start, it's just, when you're on the other side of it, it's so much better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm practicing that in a radical way right now. You know, radical vulnerability. You know, in, in the mm. relationships that I have with people. Nice. Um, that is cool. And that brings to mind when I was uh, at a treatment center in New Hampshire a few years ago, and one of the counselors there. And this is, um, you know, uh, Kurt and I did a little thing while I was up there. It was really beautiful. But um, and this is yeah. So the the one of the counselors brought in uh, a quote by Brene Brown. She talks about vulnerability. Yeah. Oh, sh- yeah. That. That fucking she's fire. special is <laughs> fucking in, amazing. Yeah, she's Renee Brown. Brene. Brene Brown. Brene. Yeah, she's fire. Dude, she goes into like big ass companies, corporate. Oh yeah, like yeah, she and tells does, yeah. no, you need to be vulnerable. This is like, how this is how we well, do it. Yeah. Vulnerability awesome. is not weakness. No, not at all. No, Strength. weakness no. is 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 nobody likes weakness. Right. Um, vulnerability is something completely different. Yeah. Vulnerability requires courage. This is who I am. Yeah. And and so the quote was, you either walk inside your story and own it, or you stand outside your story and hustle for your worthiness. And that's what I had been doing. All of those external things, yeah. I felt validated my worth hustle to the people around worthiness. me. You know, what's that? Hustle for your worthiness. Yeah, you try, your worthiness. And, try and convince everyone convince in your life. Yeah, I'm doing worthy. everything. I'm like, I'm doing yeah. all of these things that the world says I should do that validate my worth to yeah. you, right? right. You know? Mm. And yeah. the, all the while, you know, God was revealing to me who I am and being okay with that, you know? Mm. Yeah. And um, 
So, you know, the office at that time, they brought it. If they changed somehow or another from catered lunch every week and went to a booze fest. So I'd be up, you know, we had an open office. I'd be oh, up there. Oh, your job? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the company I'd been at a few years. So I'd be looking down there and thinking, you know, I'm thinking, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. You know what I'm thinking, <laughs> you know. Yep. You're thinking, yeah. I want a couple of Free those cookies. Booze? Yeah. No. <laughs> What if there's uh, any sandwiches left down there? <laughs> <laughs> Cheese and crackers? What's yeah. going on? And so, yeah, uh, eventually I picked up. And um, from that time until now, um, you know, just kind of bring it bring it current. Um, I had sporadic sporadic. I went to Eastern Nazarene for a couple of years. That's how I met Kurt. Um, man, mm. I, I love you, brother. I don't know if you saw. He's, like, Kurt is, is truly, like, a brother. Yeah. And um, it, it, as soon as you meet him, it's like. Yeah, he, good he's guy. just like you do. Yeah, you know? like what's up? And um, so throughout this time, basically since 2014, uh, I had about nine months because I was like I was on probation. I had the sobriety device in my house, and you know, <laughs> OCC mm-hmm. and all that. You know, yeah. not that I wanted to be sober. Uh, one day when yeah. that storm came through in 2015, and then everything was shut down, all the mm. snow and all that. I ended up on Channel Seven News with Dan Housley coming through North Station because I was like, yo. Can commute a rail like what the heck? And he's like, "You want to talk to me?" I'm like, "I sure do." Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I ended up just finally one day. I was like, "I mean, it is what it is. Fuck this shit." You know, I was like, yeah. "I'm." I sat down at the bar at the bar at South Station and just started pounding them. And the next morning, the oh, warrant yeah. was put out. You know, because I, you know, and then I'm hiding out like this, like uh, this um, mm-hmm. clinic in Lynn, and I don't even. I blacked out and woke up in a jail cell. So I don't even know. So fast forward in like the last. The last year, um, you know, I went off to, like you were talking about, I was drinking, you know, on the job in the morning. I was nipping in the, I had to have it. It's nipping in the morning. You know, I'm working down in the financial district, you know, like, and that was the thing about this hustling for my worthiness. See, I saw that as what validated my worth. So I'd often tell you, like when I was sharing with you earlier, and people would ask me what I do, and I like to shock them, be like, oh, I work in corporate finance. Like, I work down in, I work in the financial district, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. And, yeah. um, but I was, you know, full-blown alcoholic. They had a company trip to Mexico, all expense paid, unlimited alcohol, and I was drinking heavy at the time, and I didn't go because leave on vacation, return on probation, right? And I wasn't yeah, interested yeah. in Mexican <laughs> prison, so yeah. I, was like, right. I was like, I'm all set. Yeah, that was wise. That yeah. Was yeah. Good decision. And um, so they tried desperately to hold on to me, and, um, my, you know, I, yeah, you know, I mean, essentially the point of breaking my CFO's heart, it was finally like the sixth warning came. And um, and he said, uh, listen, if even to the degree, he was like, listen, if you want to take one day and go to IOP, I'll still pay you. But I need you to get well because, you know, and, uh, and I didn't. And um, so that final warning was Monday and by Thursday. And I, as I said, I was to this extent where I, ne- I needed to have a drink in the morning. So I was off in the bathroom, oh, yeah. throwing back the nips, you know, yeah. and coming out, coming into the, you know, back into the office like they don't know. Yeah. Right. Oh. right. You know, I didn't know what smell this. <laughs> no, anybody smell that? And, uh. So I went out to, I went out to um, lunch that Thursday, and I never came back. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds right. Checks out. And um, I, I when I finally came to about four thirty five o'clock, I got all these messages from my boss, a bunch of calls, and uh, and I try to make up some story. Oh, I was out to lunch with my girlfriend, you know, and uh, he's like, Chris, yeah. I've heard that before. You're fired. And so right. I ended up doing a couple rounds of uh, California treatment. Um, it was pretty wild, pretty traumatic. Uh, a lot of stuff happened. And then just coming up into, you know, I was on unemployment for a little while. So I was running with that. I was running the streets of Quincy, just crazy, living in hotels and all that, wasting, exhausting the unemployment. And then this is where, um, so it started getting real cold. I was living in a clothing donation box. I mean, I just jumped in there cause it was cold. Money ran out. One night I was out on Hancock right out in front of the fat cat. These two women, um, these two women were coming out having a good time, whatever, and they had this bag of food and a bag of and I was I hadn't eaten for a few days. It was mm. cold. Yeah. Uh, you know, was starving. And uh the bag split open, the food fell on the floor or on the ground. And as soon as they walked by I me, mean, they had no idea. And there's open windows I just went right to the food and scoffed that up, man. I mean I was hungry. Yeah. You know? And that's how I was living. <laughs> Listen, yeah. bro. You know I, I've waited for donkeys to close. <laughs> yep. D- yep, the bags yep. is going out now. Yeah, yeah. Right in the dumpster. Get it. Yeah, yeah, get it. I mean, that's what you got to do. You know, not, they did an amazing. I'm proud of it, but I, it's what I had to do at the that's, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I assure you, I had shame in me. 
But that hunger was greater than the shame. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The funny thing is, I'm ordering from there when we leave here. <laughs> I get I swear it. to God, I talked about it before I left my house. Yeah. 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 bomb food. You know what's funny? That was is, a come up. You know what's funny is um, um, one of my de- de- Dennis, uh, his wife, who's the, 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 the dean at East Nazarene, she kept telling me about the fat cat. She's like, you ever been to the fat cat? It's oh. good. It's good. And I just didn't know what she was talking about. And then the other, like, few weeks ago when I was walking by, I was like, oh, that's where I ate that food on the ground. <laughs> and I, was like, and yeah, I, I did the picture. I, I was like, hey, had. that's the fat cat. I know where the fat cat is. I actually have had that. I have had the fat cat. Um, so, and I ended up, you know, I, I stayed out of the shelters. And I ended up in a shelter in Framingham. And then I basically, mid-December, um, I lost the phone. That was my last means of communication. Yeah. And um, people would send me money periodically. And um, I lost the phone, and I went into a hospital just to get out of the cold and, uh, in Salem. And, um, hmm. and I really, I, I was just desperate. Yeah. And I was in that place where you're like, you, I didn't want to drink anymore. I, you know, I, I couldn't go on drinking, but I couldn't go on not drinking, you know? Right. Yeah, that's the jumping off point. The jumping off point. Yeah. And while I was in the hospital, I just said, oh, yeah, I want to go to detox. My, my only motive was because I knew I could only stay in the hospital for 24 hours. So I was like, yeah, I want to go to detox. So I got to detox, and I'm desperate. And, um, you know, I felt kind of guilty because there's people out there who are more willing than I, you know, during the cold time, you know, mm. that bed could be available to somebody else. And in a detox stage, you know, you don't even have to go to the groups or the meetings, you know. Right. You know, just do your thing. And a, a month prior, I had AMA'd 48, within 48 hours. You know, I got my food food in my belly, you know, mm. nice and warm and headed out. Drank, got drunk right across the street of the supermarket, blacked out, ended up in the hospital. I don't remember. But this time, um, in that desperate state without any hope, um, something in my spirit, my mind and body weren't up for it, but something in my spirit said, get up, go to the meeting. Get up, go to that group. Mm-hmm. So I just took this action, right? These actions that I did not want to take. And um, everybody in the meetings, it seemed like every person who spoke said, when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, I had the gift of desperation. Yeah. And I had heard that a thousand times before. Oh, yeah. But something in that, during that time, within that two or three day span, that just really started to ring for me. Yeah. Shit was just resonating. It was resonating hard. It was just mm-hmm. echoing in my mind. And it was one night or during the day or something like that within a two or three day span. And I just, re- I, and it was really emotional for me because, say, I didn't want it. Yeah. I, was just, I was just desperate. Mm. And then something, and then God just struck me and said, it's a gift. And that was it. Yeah. The window opened and I jumped through. <laughs> right? You know? yeah. I was those like, the, wow, we're doing this thing. Those are the moments you will never forget. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. And it really was just by, sh- by, by the absolute grace of God. You know, it's like when it talks about in there that we'll suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we well, could we not do, do for, for ourselves, ourselves. Right? And, then, you know, so sometimes in me- people in meetings will say that whole thing like, oh, God helps those who help themselves. And he does. But he also helps those who can't. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. It, grace, uh, unmerited gift. Unmerited. Like, I am truly grateful I did not get what I deserve. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. Seriously, Absolutely. but but you 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 do deserve it because you became willing. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying like if if <laughs> if I had to go to court, oh, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. For all the no, shit I that I did, guilty. Yeah, but is the <laughs> but is guilty. the becoming uh, the Public becoming willing dream? Part. Yeah, that's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what a friend of ours says all the time. I was guilty. I was yeah. a public defender's, I was a public dream. defender's I was dream. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was um, December 21st is my sobriety date. But I had all this, you know, I had all this experience to draw upon. Like I'm one of those people, you know, I had three years of sobriety. I had a lot, a whole lot of knowledge, right? And it's good stuff. I mean, it mm. talks about that, you know, like, you know, we were, we're people with reason, you know, we have this experience to draw upon. And so I knew what I had to do. You know, I knew like those simple steps, right, of taking action every day, actions that I didn't want to take. And there was a number of times where I wanted to run out the door. There were definitely moments when I was like, I'm, I'm, I, want, I want to drink, you know. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, yeah, and, God, and you know that time when it, says, when it says there's no human power, right? Yeah. It's just me and God. Yeah. You so know? Kurt, Kurt said, tell them about the grace that no one gets like you. <laughs> no one else gets like you. <laughs> Yo, he knows. You know this, son. You know this, son. Um. No, because throughout the time, I mean, Kurt and I have known one another for, oh gosh, over six years now. And I cannot, I cannot, 
I can't even recall or account for all the grace that God's poured into my life. Mm. That's just what it is. Right. And then we're talking, I mean, the material stuff, I mean, I, I could just go down the litany of things, right? I mean, where I'm going to this job Monday, that's just an, an incredible blessing. And really, I was radically vulnerable with them, and that's what brought it about. But I was also honest, you know, because I, you know, I had some discrepancies and some, mis, you know, misrepresented myself on my resume. I had gotten an offer from uh, uh, a pretty large firm, law firm in, in the city, and, and I, that caused me to have to be honest, to be truthful, right? And now I don't have to walk around like, oh, did I tell this guy that, that guy, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And through that honesty, God just poured out even more grace. But there, there are like real... I mean, when I was in California last summer, um, in that in that same hopeless and desperate state, um, if y'all have ever been to California, the the, ti- the 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 tide in the ocean is much stronger than it is here. Yeah, yeah. right. That's why they got lifeguards in some areas you can't swim in. And one night, I just walked out. I had my backpack on me, uh, my phone, all of my belongings. I just walked out into the ocean, and that was the end. You know, I was done. You know. And um, I woke mm. up in a hospital. My head cracked open. I have no idea how I got out of that. I, it was the dead of night. Nobody was around. Mm. Um, wow. And that, that, for me, was the grace of God. Yeah, you know? man. That was for a reason. The only explanation. Yep. The only explanation for that. Right. Yep. And so one of the things, too, is in this last few months, I mean, I just jumped. I was there in treatment for about a month, a few weeks. And uh, I left there, and, um, and uh, I just kind of, you know, getting into you know, sober housing and all that. And God just opened door after door after door. But there were absolute moments even, you know, coming up here and a, a dear friend of mine, Eric, one night I was, I was standing outside this building and I was looking at the liquor store because I just had enough, you know, I was like, God, I'm doing everything I think I should be doing. And, and this isn't happening in my time or in my way. Mm. Yeah. Yo, he answers all our prayers. Sometimes that answers. No. Yeah. Or not right now. And it's not going to be in the way that we think. There were just a number of moments. There were a number of moments in these last few months where I could just feel by this. I could sense by the presence and the spirit of God that he was saying, just hold on for just another moment. Mm -hmm. Hold on for just another moment. Yeah, you throw that towel and he throws it back. Wipe your face, kid. We ain't done yet. (laughs) We ain't done yet. (laughs) And that that particular (laughs) night, which was one of those several moments in these last few months, I was looking at that liquor store that's right outside the door here, and and it was just me and God. Like, there's no human power, right? Mm. And I'm standing there, I'm staring at that liquor store, and I really wanted to go in that liquor store, and it was just, no, not tonight turned around i came back in here i sat down had a conversation with another and i vomited you know i was like this shit ain't happening i'm mm-hmm. doing this that you know what's going on right and he just listened and 20 minutes later he made a phone 20 minutes after when i was done he said let me make a phone call and boom then because i've been living basically in mcdonald's and dunks dunks i called my salvation because <laughs> <laughs> they were open 24 hours for the most part right and yeah. so he made a phone call and boom i was in a sober house within 20 minutes you know and nice. so and then from there, um, through that sober house, uh, an amazing man, my um, boy Seth, um, he came, shared his experience, strength, and hope, and I knew immediately, it was like, yeah, this is the guy. Seth T? Seth V. Maybe a different one. He makes beats and all that. Nope. Yeah. Try to keep in and in me if he wants to, but... um. Anyhow, but we just got right down to business, you know, business. Yeah, you know, <laughs> busy about my father's business. That's for Kurt. Um, so... <laughs> We just got right down to business, and that's what they did in the old days. You know, yeah. like this whole idea, and whatever works for you works for you, right? So if you want to take your time, take your time. I'm, for me, I'm a full-blown alcoholic. I got to do it like Dr. Bob and Bill did. They got down to business right away, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just going through the steps with my sponsor, doing that fourth and fifth, uh, obviously, you know, um, you know, taking a third step and um, spending that time with God. Um, and then for the first time, listen, I've been around Alcoholics Anonymous for 30 years and I've made more amends in the last few weeks than I have in 30 years. And that's a big part of it, you know, a a huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah, Promises. Yeah. They're the ninth step for a reason. Yeah. Be amazed before you're halfway through. Yeah. You right. get, get halfway Before you through. get halfway through your amends, you're going to be like, what? Yeah. What's going on? And there was amazing (laughs) things too. There was two. At least two that I can recall, because I've done about seven or eight of them. And uh, at least two, which I wasn't looking to make the amends. These people who I hadn't spoken to in quite some time just showed up. And I was like, yep, whoa. Uh, same same thing. Hey. Or, or the ones that you were like, uh-uh. Yeah, I, ain't, yeah. I ain't never going to see them never, again. Yeah, yeah. I'm good with it. Yeah. Boom. They're yeah. right there. There you're it like, is. Yeah. That you look up and you're like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, it's been <laughs> like got, that the I whole time. You. 
<laughs> yeah. See? Yeah, the whole time. Mm. And um, so through all, and now I'm in a place where, you know, trying to be of service, of maximum service, to, you know, to others, you know, mm. and every opportunity. And some of those really are just, um, like, it's like the, the book that I'm writing is kind of, you know, I'm writing to certain people, you know, people like us, people, you know, in the streets, people uh, in jail, people who are homeless, you know, mm. and it, and. Yeah. In- invariably god is throughout my travels i'm still i'm a t-rider for life right so i'm always walking <laughs> and moving around and uh, you know and the reason for that is because i've had three ouis right so mm. uh that's a privilege not a right so yep. um anyhow uh invariably god will put me in the path of someone on the street you know someone homeless you know and i and i am deeply compassionate for for those people right and i just stop i mean Spend time with them, give them what I can, pray for them, you know. Mm. No one knows why they're there, how they got there, if they're an addict or an alcoholic. No. Everyone just fucking assumes. Yeah, they make us Yeah, you know, like Easton Nazarene recently did a play about Father Bill's, the Father Bill's play. It was beautiful. Really, really beautiful. And I lived there. I lived there for an entire semester while I was going to Eastern Nazarene. Mm. Um, and I lived there several other times. And uh, why, when they put this on, it was very. And that's what they were really trying to con- communicate and convey is like, we shouldn't. There's no stigma for homeless people. Like, we shouldn't just assume, right. oh, he's a drunk and a drug addict. And this is how yep. he ended up. That's not yep. the case a lot of times. And a lot of them are working. You know, yep. they're trying to get yep. back. They're trying to get and, back into life. Yes. Are some of them that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the the case for everybody that is not and um, we have no idea what transpired that brought them to that no i think overwhelmingly though it's a it's it's mental illness or alcoholism that keeps someone out on the streets for multiple years yeah yeah or or, or it could end up getting there right you know yeah you can have a life event and be homeless though yeah Yeah, and and they were some of those are some of the lives that they showcased um in fact one of them who was there for like the q a afterward i mean now she has her own home she got married she was helping with the production of the play mm. but she had lived mm. in the shelter for well at least a year oh you know just, just and then recently. radically transformed her life someone you know? someone that um i i know through a, a mutual like this woman was living in a car in a parking lot yeah works there yeah that works there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yep. we don't we don't know what the circumstances are. No. You know, it could be a divorce. It could be yep. there was loss of, those, of a job. Right? Yeah. Loss it could of, be something like this that's yeah. going on right now. Yeah. L- loss you know? of family. Yeah. yeah. A lot uh, of times. Yeah. It's it you know. We have no idea. When you yeah. have nobody, you know. It's I, I've seen people that, you know, have been there for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. And see that person on dude. They're happy if, if, if yeah no and I met I met some like that yeah. you know throughout my travels particularly in the city of Boston yeah you know because I, I I ran through there for quite a time you know quite a while as well so um, yeah we we, we but the thing know. with the thing with that the important thing and what I realized even before that but in in seeing that play is that those people need to know that they matter yeah absolutely you got to engage them yeah you know and let them know that that I that I see you and, you know like one of the things throughout you know my life you know in various circles or whatever when people start talking about oh, i don't give homeless people money you know and i'm like well you know i do i don't think about it i just give and for me i don't give i'm not concerned with what they do with the money it's none of my business right mm. and how many times well i stem in itself station right and people i can make a hundred dollars in about an hour just you know and you know exactly what i was doing with that money right yeah, yeah. Right. but when I give, I don't care what they do with the money. My when I give, whether it's food, money, whatever the case may be, it's to say, I see you. Yeah. You matter. I care. You know? And people did that for me. And, you know, I'm sitting here with you, you know, with you right. guys right now, you know, a success, right? You know, I mean things are opening up in my life, mm-hmm. right? And so it's an interesting way to think of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ain't my business what you do with it. No. Right. You well, know? I mean I mean if you know you someone wanna... that is and, and potentially you know that that, that that could happen. Yeah, that might be a different story. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You, you know, certainly, if you're like enabling someone that you know, right. yeah, you right. don't want to be in that sort of situation. Yeah, and you, you feel know? like you're buying a drunk a drink. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I'm not really shit. Someday a motherfucking drunk might need a drink. They need it. You know, it yeah, happened yesterday. Yes, a guy. I hit a guy up and I told him straight up, like, I, you know, I had little what little I had. I gave him some money and said, hey man, if you know need to go grab a few nips, do what you got to do. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at with it, it's, and that's for an yeah. each individual. To exactly, decide, that's. Know? But I see so much of myself in that. I know where I am now, mm-hmm. and I recognize that 
and I spent, but I spent time with him. I didn't just give him the money and like, Dip. all right, man, right. do your thing. You know? get, yeah, I, I sat down and spent some time with him. You know, that's and that's the I important thing to know that he knows that that he matters. Right. You before know? before I give, I will go and talk. Usually, you know, to wait. What's up? How did this happen? You know. Yeah. Yeah. On? There you go. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I say, you know, I I remember the last guy I gave. I was like, you know, he probably try to drink less and make some better decisions. You know, and maybe maybe it'll it'll turn out better for you. You know. And yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, or what's up bro like i've been there you know what yeah. i mean and they're like yeah no I, no really i, I know <laughs> i know, I know. Up, like, yeah you don't have yeah. to do this yeah right? you know yeah you, you know you can you can have a better life yeah you know yeah yeah and that's that's what i'm trying you know to impart when those opportunities present themselves mm-hmm. is to, to, to help them understand that you know look, you know i've been there and look where i am now so mm-hmm. you know um it's just God's called me to that, you right? Know, that, and, that, that, and, that's and you have the to spaces. get to you have to get to a certain level of consciousness to to even see that shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Being Sometimes aware, of we're, we're so caught up in ourself and our oh, life. Yeah. You know, it's like well, and and the thing, like one of the the most dramatic reflections that when you know I worked in the financial district, you know, for a few years, I guess two or three years, uh, a couple different companies, you know, and it's the hustle and bustle, right? You're yeah. running through there, and you know, three P suits are flying by, right? You know, and everybody's right. on a beeline, right? And more times, like just countless times as I was going through that, you know, God would continually point out those homeless people to me. You know, like I'm running up to this high rise to make this money and, you know, help out this company and all of that. And God was just pressing upon my heart. This was really beautiful. I, one of the places I interviewed for, and God, you know, God wants me to work. Like I got to eat, you know what I'm saying? I got to pay yeah, bills, yeah. right? And this is where I'm equipped. But a couple uh, about a month or so ago, I interviewed for another company, and um, while I was going in for the interview, there were two entryways, and this was like right in downtown Boston, right right on the water. And the entry, the entryway that wasn't being used, there's a homeless guy there, right, and he's got his cardboard and his backpack and his whatever you know supplies. Mm. And I'm going into this interview, and just by and you know by the Holy Spirit, you know that's I mean, that's my faith. So the Holy Spirit's really in a gentle way was like Chris. What are you going in there for when I need you over here? Mm. Just like that. You know? Now, I went to the interview. I didn't get the job. I'm, I'm going to a job on Monday, but that's the calling that God's put upon my life, you know, is to mm. let those people know, those people in the margins, those people who are in the streets, those people who are in jail, that they matter yeah. and that God has a purpose for them. Absolutely. You know? And so nice. it's just been beautiful. I mean, it's been such a transformation. It, I'm ha- really having, and I'm sure that, you know, you guys are kind of, you ever like read some of the literature, you're sitting in a meeting, and you read something you've read a thousand times, or somebody says something in a meeting that you heard, it, but so all of a sudden you're like, whoa. Yep. Uh, oh, so yeah. many times whoa. I'll be like, be like yeah. that's what that lady was talking about that night. <laughs> it was like, like that. I get it. You've been it, hearing it forever, yeah. and then you just yeah. have this new experience with it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really what it's been like for me is, you know, I... I remain. I try. I try to remain as teachable and open as I possibly can. Yo, as soon as you, you know, think you know everything, yeah, that's that's when you're done. You fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I in fact, yo, today was fire, right? I was um, I, I will keep some anonymity here, but you know, I got some roommates, and one of them's yo. I just want to, by all appearances, like this guy, guy's some, done some hard state time. Mm. Like yo, don't mess with this dude, right? So we were talking today. This dude is super enlightened and educated, right? And I was like, for an hour, I was just sitting there like, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm all, uh, yeah. yo, right? And so that's that's just really, that's more of God's grace opening up my heart, my mind mm-hmm. to recognize that, you know, that we're all God's kids and right. that he'll use each and every one. If, I, if I'm open to that and attentive and 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 willing to to receive that, you know, God, right. God will just has been continually doing amazing things through so many people that yep. in the past I would have never expected. You know, I just dismiss people real quick. I'm like, I hear a few words out of your mouth. I'm like, ah, this guy don't know what he's talking about. You yep. know, <laughs> you know, contempt prior to investigation. Contempt prior yeah. to investigation. Absolutely, yeah. man. You know, and that blocks me off from the sunlight of the spirit from having that opportunity to expand my understanding of God. Yep. You know. Yeah, man. I mean, because nice. he's finite and I'm infinite, and in my I believe that he's reflected through each and every one of us individually right. as a collective representation of who he is. Beautiful. We are all of us like it's 
it, it's it's all like one consciousness. And, yeah. and, and when we get to that level and everybody realizes that, yeah, you know? utopia, bro. Yeah, <laughs> in the all circle, right. everybody belongs in the circle. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. Right. That's, about a good, that's a good place to leave it. Yes, all right. All right. I mean, we would continue, but there's people here that you know, fair to say, they want to go home. Yeah. yeah. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah. We yeah, appreciate you. Um, yeah. And like I said, lolterms.com. You can listen to the audio. Stay strong, people. Whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. Stay um, strong. Stay up. Check out, check out Zoom. Um, there's, there's lots of groups on Facebook uh, that are virtual. You And at meetings you've probably been to. You can, you can check them out. Um, all it takes is a Zoom app. And you can check it out. Uh, there's, I know on Central Service, there's a bunch <clears throat> of online meetings there. There's telephone meetings. Um, check out Social Peer Recovery's page. There's lots of links on there. I'm sure there's links on here. I know uh, Lee puts up a bunch of stuff. Oh, and here is a, a New Way Recovery Center yes, in Quincy. A New Way. Plug today. Um, yeah, good spot. Yeah, I, I tagged him up in the post. Um, and if you want to watch any of our video podcast just click on the photos and you'll see facebook it. you'll you'll in this facebook group that's how yeah. that's the easiest way to find the the podcast we're also YouTube on youtube is really easy. the YouTube? life on life's terms podcast yeah. anyone that's hearing impaired you can close caption it on youtube so anybody wants to go over into youtube and subscribe that'd be yeah, great i mean we absolutely have like six subscribers so you know all right we're so big time. once again we did it <laughs> All right, All right, people. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, y'all. Grace and truth. Peace. Peace. I live in this world full of anger and